Hi, and welcome to Breaking the Mold, a podcast from the National Precast Concrete Association. Be sure to tune in regularly as we dig into different aspects of the precast concrete industry. Today, we're going to be talking about how to answer the question, what is precast, when you're talking with specifiers, media, government officials, and others who are outside the industry. We're going to start off by talking with Jason Tucker from the Texas DOT, and later in the show, we'll hear from NPCA's Daryl Burns, along with Ron Thornton of Concrete Engineering Solutions. Let's get started. Hey, Jason, hope everything's going well in uh, Austin today. Doing well. So uh, thanks for having me today. Yeah, no problem. Uh, for people who may not know you, may not work with you, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do for Texas DOT? Yeah, so my name is Jason Tucker. I'm the director of what's called the, the Prefabricated Structural Materials Section, and we're within the Materials and Test Division of the Texas DOT. And I've been partnering with the industry for almost 23 years now. Um, with the different prefabricated uh, materials that we have, whether that be precast or structural steel or timber or the other products. We generally work and partner with uh, many of the industries to sort of advance the industry and have innovative ideas. Good, good. That sounds really good. Generally speaking, how is precast concrete uh, accepted or how, how much work does precast concrete do down there with, with the Austin area and, and where you work? So in general, it's Texas as a whole, um, precast concrete does fairly well. And so um, a lot of that's due to uh, inexpensive materials, good uh, quality materials that uh, help produce cement and the aggregates needed for concrete, as well as um, inexpensive uh, labor force. And so we're lucky in that sense as to be able to have low sort of products by, with good high quality products at the same time. And so... Um, we have a very strong industry. Uh, Texas tends to put a, a lot of, I guess, forces behind making sure things are fabricated sort of offsite. So, you know, the ABCs, you know, um, of the transportation industry. We uh, look look to see how we can least impact the uh, general public. Um, and so we turn to precast to a lot of a lot of those solutions. Uh, a lot of your bids come in include precast concrete. Yep, we generally would see a lot of precast concrete come in, in into the bids. Um, a lot of our plans would already have precast as an option on many different types of products. Um, although, if there wasn't something in there that was precast, let's say it was cast in place, for example, like an abutment, we do have um, an alternate program that allows contractors to submit, you know, plans or proposals for different processes in which they would, could move towards a precast option. For example, like a, a in recent years, we've done a lot of bend caps. Um, precasters have started moving more towards sort of precast bend caps where maybe they'll build them on the ground and then erect them. So it lessens the time they have people in the air, which is a big safety concern of theirs, as well as it could also uh, in, uh, have a shorter window in which we uh, disrupt the traveling public. And so that tends to be a very well accepted sort of uh, program that we have here in Texas. Talking to other people from other states who do what you do, is that pretty common that uh, they have that sort of alternative ideas portal where, where even if precast concrete isn't in the bid, that, you know, they're, they're free to, to offer that if they want? You know, the answer is I think so. I believe that a lot of the other states do have sort of um, programs in place or ways you can, the contractor could, you know, approach the state if they have different ideas and want to be innovative. Um, we certainly... 
promote it here, I know, and it, as a result, we've come across things that uh, um, maybe we wouldn't have done before. And so it's always sort of pushing the envelope is so what's new and exciting. I know other states, like I said, I believe they have they may have different mechanisms on which that's done, but there are different processes and ways to get there. Um, and most uh, most people I talk with have been successful in doing that. And so um, sometimes uh, it's hard to get contractors even to want to go that route just because they're used to, you know, this is how I always do it. And this is what, you know, the guys that I have know how to do this. And so even sometimes the precasters may approach a contractor and can show them how they could save them lots of money, which in turn hopefully saves the state money. Do you have any examples you could share with us of maybe things that people have seen or know about or are just pretty common around Austin where maybe that happened, where you used to do pour in place or you used to do another material and now it's precast? Yeah. So I would say, man, we're always looking to partner with every industry. We think there's a place for whether it's steel, concrete, precast, whatever, whatever the material is, um, we always see value in picking the right tool for the tool, you know, out of the toolbox. Um, but I think, uh, as I mentioned, the bed caps, um, keeping those, I think years ago when we went to what we call pre-stressed deck panels, um, that sort of sits the bottom half of the cast in place bridge deck is now precast. And so years ago, we moved that direction and the contractors um, really liked it because they would take the panel that sits between the two beams. As soon as they set it down, now they have a nice work platform um, that would keep people safe. And so they didn't have to worry about what was below once the panels were sort of set into place. And so we moved that instead of going to and using a lot of permanent metal deck forms to form in between the beams. Now they just place a, a precast panel right there and they have a nice, you know, don't have to get up there and weld those into place or anything like that. And so that's that's been a really good benefit to Texas. And so that's a really good opportunity for for precast concrete manufacturers. That's that's good to know. Um, as a specifier, what what do you see as the benefits of building with precast concrete? Um, building with precast concrete has a, a lot of advantages. Um, you have increased durability. So uh, you know, every day, you know, we got precast whether it's going in from the foundation level, you know, whether it's, you know, piling footings like that to the drainage structures all the way up through your caps and your columns and into your superstructure with your pre-stressed girders and even full scale precast bridge decks. And so we've done all the way from the bottom, all the way to the top is sort of a Lego system that you can snap together. And some of the big advantages of doing that is, you know, lessen, you know, the impact to the public, you're able to get in and get off site a lot faster. Um, you're able to hopefully increase the quality of the work as you're doing it at most of the stuff at ground level um, and it's repeatability. So you have sort of specialized fabricators that, you know, if you do the same thing over and over, you should get pretty good at it. And um, you, you, so it's going to hopefully over may not be a lower cost for that specific unit or that, that bid item, but in general, the overall cost of the project will tend to be lower, hopefully, especially if you turn around and look at the impact um, outside of just materials and labor, but if you start looking at the impact to the public and things like that and taking that into account, um, then the time also is a big benefit. And so we also um, have a much safer work site. I mean, if we can come in there, like I said, keep people out of the air, keep people out of trenches, um, reduce that impact, that's a much better alternative um, for most contractors. Um, there's a big advantage in the architectural side um, where you can you can make something really thin, you can make it really wide, you could make it green, you can make it blue. There's a lot of different alternatives that you have with precast concrete 
that would be very difficult in sort of cast in place or even with other materials. Now, you can tend to always paint things and stain things. And so we all know that that's just repeated, repeat, repetitive sort of um, maintenance, if you will. And so what we looked at is you can also get pigments in the precast concrete and keep the color very uniform. And so when we do have cracks or spalls or things like that, you're not seeing the natural gray color underneath or even a repair material. And so you tend to keep the nice uniform, long lasting, durable uh, products. And so that's some of the, the big, the bigger benefits. Yeah, Jason, when you were talking, you mentioned words such as time and safety and cost and adaptable when you're talking about precast concrete. Are those words you look for for people to add to bids or are there d details that you like to see from precast concrete uh, producers when you're looking through bids that show the benefits of what precast concrete can do in a particular project? Absolutely. And so looking at the big sort of picture, it may not actually be in the numbers, so to speak. Um, it might be a hidden cost in there, but um, how we do things is always about safety. I mean, whether it's, you know, the contractor wanting to use precast, uh, pre-stressed deck panels up on our bridges so that they have a safe working platform when they're up there with their crews. Um, they may choose that option, which actually might be slightly more expensive. It might be cheaper, but either way, they're assuming the safety is uh, doesn't is going to be first and foremost. Um, and there's other things of, that will go precast to make sure that the traveling public is safe. And so we might go with, you know, certain, you know, designs or the contractor may elect to go, go to alternative designs to help with safety conditions of the roadways and things like that. And so, and, and then of course with labor and other costs and considerations, they may take into account um, some methods with precast or really any prefabricated material that um, would save them, you know, labor, time, safety, all that sort of is goes hand in hand with each other. And so um, we believe that it's a very good, good, a way for the contractor to work around whatever the constraints are that he may be having, whether it's labor, whether it's, you know, the public, and maybe we've got a very congested highway. Um, we think precast concrete is a very good solution to many of those types of problems. And so anything we can do to sort of lessen the impact to the traveling public is always a good thing. And so, I mean, if we can get in, get out, um, that's our number one goal and keeping people safe. And so um, whether that's the traveling public, whether that's the construction workers or the inspectors out there doing their job every day. Um, safety is number one. Great. Texas is currently one of the 38 states that recognize NPCA certification. How how important is it to you and your department that uh, a bidding facility is, has that certification, that stamp on their products? Yeah, that's a good question. And so um, it's we think it's very important. We think that there's a very good marriage there, if you will, um, between um, these third-party certifications, and then what we do, we're one of the few states that still has sort of in-plant inspection in a lot of uh, facilities, um, but we're not 100% in there. And so we definitely think it's advantageous that uh, people like NPCA and others come in and performing their checks and get into that basically that minimum hurdle, if you will, a minimum bar set as an industry standard. It helps make sure that, you know, as a state agency that we're doing you know, we're, we're having about the right level of oversight and inspection that we need to have. We're not too little, we're not too much. And so I know that the fabricators, they like it because it's very uniform. Um, I know some, some of the smaller states, like the Northeast, they might, a producer might have multiple 
states that they're working for in a given day, week, month. And so it's very critical for them um, to make sure that, you know, everything's sort of to the sort of national code or uh, national sort of standard. And so um, we also agree with that. And we want to make sure that we're keeping everyone to the sort of same level. Um, it helps keep, you know, costs down, helps, it helps maintain good quality out there. Um, also, it helps us in the fact of, you know, just like a, a lot of, a lot of states is we have trouble getting enough, enough staff members um, having enough on board. And so we're always looking for, you know, what other ways to, to accomplish our goals of getting good quality for a reasonable price. And so um, we find it extremely important and well worth the, the cost of the fabricators, which ultimately becomes our cost um, as well. And so we think it's a good marriage, like I said in the beginning, that uh, to set in sort of that minimum hurdle, if you will. Hey, Jason, thanks for your time and all that information. That was great. We're going to be right back with NPCA's Daryl Burns talking to Ron Thornton of the Precast Concrete Association of New York. Hiring, training, and retaining employees is a major challenge for every industry, including Precast. NPCA is giving you the tools to meet the challenge head-on with an exciting new program designed to give your new hires a head start. With NPCA's onboarding program, you can introduce new employees to your organization's expectations, behaviors, and culture while providing training and motivation for them to become a productive member of the team. To learn more, visit precast.org backslash onboarding and take the first step toward moving from employee seeker to employee keeper. Hi everyone, I'm Daryl Burns from the National Precast Concrete Association, Director of Codes and Standards. I'm here with Ron Thornton, the Executive Director of the Precast Concrete Association of New York and Vice President of Concrete Engineered Solutions. Welcome, Ron. Thank you, Daryl. So well, we're talking about precast today. What's so exciting about precast and why did you get into designing precast concrete? I've been involved uh, in this industry for over 35 years and uh, watched it grow exponentially over the years. Um, I, I was actually fortunate enough for uh, a precast concrete company to uh, hire me as a, as a young engineer and uh, kind of grown with the industry. Yeah, for me, I kind of, well, you kind of know how I started out. I started out at a consulting engineering firm and I started out in the bridge design group and I noticed that, hey, look at over here, there's precast and they're, they're a lot faster paced than uh, working in the DOT world. That's one thing that kind of dragged me in there and uh, you saw a lot of opportunity for growth and career advancement, I thought, which I think, you know, I've gotten a lot farther by making that decision. I don't know if that had anything to do with why you got into consulting too. Well, again, there was a, you know, I'd been working for uh, for a precast manufacturer for about 10 years. So I had a lot of experience uh, in the plant and uh, uh, the engineering firm that all that you and I had worked for um, actually um, made me an offer to come and work for them and start in the precast specialty engineering um, business. And uh, it kind of sparked a whole new uh, a whole new service industry for the industry. And uh, like I said, that was uh, that was in 1997, and uh, it's it's just grown exponentially since then. 
So in since then, do you, when you come across other engineers in the, not necessarily in the industry, but do you feel other engineers, are they aware of precast and its benefits? Or do we, do you still find people that are new to precast and they really have no idea what it is? Well, I think that's pretty rare now. When I first started, um, you know, you really had to work hard to convince contractors and pre and engineers uh, that uh, structures that were designed to be cast in place could be converted uh, to to precast, and uh, it it took a lot of convincing back then, and uh, that's that's changed significantly now. Contractors of the opinion that they don't want to cast anything in place that they don't have to. And uh, engineers have gotten to the point now where they would prefer to specify precast. One, because they don't have to do the engineering of it. They can leave that up to the producer. And two, because they, they know the advantages of it. So I, I think that uh, engineers are well aware of precast now, where they may not have been years ago. And, and uh, you know, I think they're, um, they, they do understand the advantages of it. Where they do need more education, I believe, is in uh, things like the codes and standards related to precast, how to, how to effectively specify it, um, and what the role of the specialty engineer is relative to the engineer record. And those waters get a little muddy sometimes. So when we're talking to people, uh, I try to make that information clear to them. Yeah, I do remember many times where people didn't understand like what a specialty engineer is and um, lots of projects that were cast in place conversions. Now contractors are kind of on to that. I think they don't, I think they're kind of also on to they don't have to pay prevailing wage rates. If they're gonna do cast in place, you know, you have to pay prevailing wage rates to, most of the time. Then you have to fight with the weather. And if you buy precast, then, you know, that kind of gets them out of the loop there. And uh, the precasters are making stuff in the plant. So they don't have to fight with the weather as much. And it just is uh, a lot a lot better quality product than trying to, you know, make something out in the field and fight with the weather. And you have to pay people quite a bit if it's a prevailing wage weight rate job. So in your opinion, what is what do you think makes concrete uh, so durable? Well, there's there's actually several reasons for that. I mean, there's no doubt that uh, that precast concrete is more durable, and another good buzzword we can use right now is more resilient uh, than cast in place. And and there's several reasons for that. Uh, one, they are produced in plant controlled conditions. Uh, most plants are NPCA certified, which requires uh, strict QC procedures and by highly trained staff. Uh, concrete typically has higher 28-day strengths to withstand stresses from early handling. Uh, uh, producers are more willing to uh, uh, engage in new technologies with such as chemical admixtures, uh, the other thing is known as SCMs or supplemental cementitious materials. Uh, those types of products are continually improving, and uh, you know I think that uh, precast producers are are more apt and more willing to engage in these new technologies, and uh, that is making um, 
the, the precast product much more durable and resilient. Now, over the years of your career, what have you seen change the most? I think what I've seen change the most is, is really the willingness and, and the um, and and um, the greater desire to use precast wherever possible. Like I said, years ago, um, when I first started, uh, you know, the only thing people ever thought of with precast was maybe manholes, catch basins, septic tanks, and burial vaults. And, you know, that's where a lot of these uh, smaller companies got their start. Um, but, you know, we're doing, you know, we're designing pretty massive underground structures. We've, I've been involved in, in, uh, in, in designs of structures that weigh in excess of, of 100,000 pounds. And um, there's, there's no limit to what we can do. So when you have young kids going into school, what do you think we could do more as an industry to, to help with education of college kids to learn about precast? Yeah, as I said before, you know, I was, you know, I grew into the industry and, and I was fortunate to be hired by a fabricator that uh, was looking into expanding into more customized products. And, and so, uh, you know, I, I basically learned on the job. And I think nowadays, I mean, most civil engineering curriculums cover some degree of precast, but not enough have standalone classes devoted to it. And those that do generally don't get into what we generally get involved with, which are underground utility structures. So I think that, you know, educating students and, and young engineers really gets down to outreach. And uh, I, th I think MPCA does an excellent job of this but they can only be in so many classrooms. Uh, producers as well as state and regional precast associations can reach out to their local schools and universities and offer presentations. Uh, precasters can also open up their plants to students to see firsthand uh, how these products are made. Because, I mean, you know, you learn about, you know, in your basic concrete class or your, or your basic concrete design, that doesn't change from cast in place or precast you know you're you're designing that pretty much the same what um, what young engineers need to learn and what engineers need to learn that's specific to precast and that's one of the reasons I find it so much more exciting than designing a cast in place structure because you really got to think about the entire manufacturing process you got to think about how it's going to be stored how it's going to be delivered uh, larger structure, you got to figure out how you're going to break it down, what, uh, where you're going to put joints, how you're going to seal those joints, how you're going to make connections, uh, um, how you're going to get it to the job site, where, what kind of lifters to use, and where you're going to put them. There, there's so much more involved from an engineering standpoint uh, when you're designing a precast structure than when you're designing something cast in place. What do you think, Ron, if you were to explain to you know, an engineer that doesn't know much about precast, <clears throat> how would you explain that to them? Well, like I said, I think most engineers is fairly easy to explain. I think uh, other, you know, uh, uh, you've probably experienced this traveling with your family. Uh, how often do uh, how often do you point stuff out when you see it when you're driving down the road and you see a piece of precast on the road and you say, "Oh, that's a 48-inch manhole. That's a precast piece." And <laughs> um, 
Yeah, that and, happens uh, pretty often. You know, I often, yeah, um, sometimes they get a little tired of that, but after a while they learn, oh, that's they know what that is. Um, but, yeah, it, it's mainly, you know, the, you maybe you just need to explain, or what I try to do is say, well, you know, they you'll see concrete being poured out of the back end of a truck somewhere on a job site. Well, that can be done in a plant and the product is already made and shipped to the site and just dropped in a hole. And I mean, it's not a difficult explanation to make. And I think most people can, uh, most people do kind of understand that when you, when you, if they're really not familiar with precast, they've never heard of it before. So that, that's a generally a fairly it's generally a fairly easy concept to grasp for most people. You know, most people are familiar with prefab houses. You know, it's, so if, if somebody's familiar with a prefab house, well, you can prefab concrete structures as well. Yeah, same. It's the same concept. Making it in a plant, delivering it to the site, and installing it. They do that with, you know, modular homes, too, that are built out of, you know, competing products. Yeah, but even even prefab stick or you know uh, prefab houses, they will they will make the same uh, they will show some of the same advantages that precast concrete does. That you're making it under plant control conditions. They're built sturdier to withstand transportation forces and things like that. I think what's more difficult to explain to the average person and to some engineers is the vast extent. Of products that can be made with precast, and I've, you know, I it, one of the most exciting things for me, and one of the most fun things for me as an engineer, as a consultant, is when I get a call from a producer and they say, "Well, I got a contractor that wants to precast this. How do we do it?" And um, I've been amazed over the years at, at the number of things that we've actually been able to. Uh, um, to break down and come up with a way to, to build it and get it to the job site. And it's strictly because, one, the engineer really doesn't want to cast it in place, or the contractor doesn't want to cast it in place. And uh, and uh, convincing the engineer usually isn't too difficult because he knows in the end he's going to get a better product. Yeah, precast is definitely it's a durable product and you know, you can use different types of cements to get, you know, for different products. Like I believe you'd use a type five cement for environmental products or you, the new cement coming out, the type type one L. Yeah, some of the things that uh, that I'm finding we, we need to start looking at. And, and uh, um, of course, I'm in uh, I'm in New York State. And the governor of our state just uh, signed a bill requiring that the state look into reduced carbon uh, concrete and um, some of the ways that, that uh, we're going to be able to do that. And there's some exciting things coming out there because, I mean, cement is one of the cement is one of the most widely used materials in, in, the, in the world. And it actually accounts for about 8% of the world's uh, um, carbon emissions so um, so reducing that one is by reducing um, um, the amount of cement in the in the concrete so there's there's what they call uh, I alluded to it before which are um, uh, CSMs which are sub 
supplemental cementitious material or SCMs. Um, one of those that may be coming out is uh, um, recycled glass as a uh, what we call a pozzolan uh, and um, uh, that reduces cement contents and uh, there's also um, uh, some more advanced methods of curing using uh, using CO2 that uh, that will reduce uh, carbon emissions so um, when we talk about resiliency we're, we're talking about some of those uh, technical advancements and and precast is going to be on the forefront of that far and beyond um, uh, you know what the gas in place world is going to do yeah I see big advancements coming that in that area real soon yeah um, the other thing I often point out to people and, and you see pictures of it when you have a, a huge storm come through and, and you see these pictures of the road being completely washed out and, and you see a big piece of plastic pipe that's popped out of the ground um, you know that's part of the resiliency of, 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 of concrete use in infrastructure uh, when you build uh, concrete culverts uh, you don't have that problem uh, they're built to last so and so uh, what what designers need to do is they need to look at at life cycle cost uh, of a product or or a system rather than just the initial cost yes it may cost less to put corrugated pipe in or or uh, polyethylene that might be initial cost less than concrete but when you consider the longevity of it and something that's going to last many many years uh, the life cycle cost of it is significantly less right they'd be better off choosing a better resilient or durable product in precast and if they look at the life cycle cost it, it's going to come out a lot less and be a lot safer for our infrastructure absolutely and uh, you know I think I think uh, you know we've got a we've got a new bill a new law coming into effect there's going to be you know some federal dollars floating into this industry and uh, you know we're gonna we want to encourage people to use it wisely hey that's our show we hope you enjoyed it and can take some ideas from it back to your place of work be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating to help us reach more people both inside and outside the industry our producer today was heather bremer see you next time on breaking the mold